Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, besties. Welcome back to the Trying Not to Care podcast. It's your girl, Ashley. I asked on the podcast Instagram story at Trying Not the Number Two Care podcast if you're not following already. Um, what you would rather hear for today's episode an episode about manifestation or an episode about social media influencing and what goes on behind the scenes? And it was almost 50 50, but the influencing one won by a few more votes. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, because the results were so close, I will be doing an episode on manifestation next week. So if you wanted that, stay tuned for next week's episode. I'm actually really excited that episode 10 is going to be about manifestation just because like 10, I can't believe that I've been doing this for 10 episodes. I did not think I was going to get to 10 episodes and manifestation is so special to me. I love talking about it. So I think it's going to be a really special episode. And yeah, so if you wanted that, stay tuned for next week. But anyways, let's dive into today's episode. It's kind of crazy how prevalent social media is today. Like I remember when I first found YouTube, I was in fifth grade, which was, I don't even know, 2008, 2009, I, I don't remember. But I remember the first video I watched on YouTube was a Try Not to Laugh video. And I immediately, after watching that video, became obsessed with YouTube. But before stumbling upon YouTube, all that I really had for connecting with people on the internet was AIM. And I'm sure most people listening to this podcast know what AIM is, but I know I do have a lot of younger followers and listeners too. So if you don't know what AIM is, it was an instant messaging app on your computer. It was iconic. Instead of texting, you would message them like you do on Facebook or Instagram, but you had your own username. You could put away messages um, like BRB bitch going to the movies with my BFFLs, except not Stephanie because she's a skank. Like we were ruthless with the away messages. Um, but it was how people talked to their friends before iPhones were a thing. And after that came Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And I don't think anyone realized how much social media would impact all of our lives. 
Like, if you don't have social media now, people look at you like there's something wrong with you when, honestly, you have the right idea. And I remember making YouTube videos in middle school for fun, and I've always posted photos on Instagram and Facebook, but I don't think a lot of people realized how social media could one day turn into a job. I never was thinking that way. I just like the creative part of it. And the majority of people use social media as a way to connect with people, express themselves, keep up to date with things, and just have fun. But we live in a world where a lot of people are coming to the realization that you can also make good money through social media. And I mean, it's been over 10 years now of people actively using platforms like Instagram. So it's clear social media is not going away anytime soon. If anything, it's just going to keep expanding. And There's so many different fields you can go into when you're looking for a job in social media. Like, you don't have to be an influencer. You could work for a social media agency. You could be a manager. You could create content for brands and companies. There's so many different ways you can make money, but I think a lot of people do find the influencing aspect of it interesting and see so many people doing it and are like, wait a minute, I want to do that. I would be good at that. And if you believe that, there's no reason why you shouldn't or can't. So today I want to talk about the truth behind influencing and the things you might not know or see from an outside perspective in case this is something you want to do or you just like want better insight on it. So just like anything, there are pros and cons to being a content creator. Um, I think the most important thing to me that I love with content creation and being an influencer or micro-influencer is being able to make money doing what I love. I love creating, I love expressing myself, I love being able to inspire other people and I would be doing all of that with or without the money. So it's a really good feeling being able to support myself and have a good time doing it. Before doing social media full-time, I would dread the idea of work and I didn't understand why. I felt like I had no drive and I was embarrassed about it. I would go to work and have no motivation and time would just go by so slow, but then I would make a video for fun and spend 10 hours editing it and time would go by so fast, it would fly because I was in flow. I was engaged in what I was doing, I was motivated and I was having a good time. I always hated the idea that work has to be miserable, that work isn't supposed to be fun. So being able to throw that idea away and fulfill a need of mine with creating and making money doing it is so special to me. And also not even just making money from it, but making it a job and making my own hours and making my own schedule. I always struggled waking up at a certain time, especially really early. Like I would straight up get anxiety every single night before work because I did not want to wake up early and I did not like the idea of being forced to be somewhere at a certain time with no wiggle room, especially if there was something going on in my life. It just really affected my mental health. So being my own boss and allowing myself to work at my own pace and take care of my mental health while also making money is a game changer for me and something I'm so, so grateful for. Another thing that I'm so grateful for is being able to connect with people from all over the world and meet so many different people who are interested in the same things that I am, especially with TikTok right now and how the algorithm sends content out to people it's a really easy way to meet people with similar interests and find people in the same area as you. 
I have met so many great people through that app and it's truly insane how much more supportive people are that you've never met in real life than people you've known your entire life. And obviously it's up to you how much you share personally on the internet, but I found the more that I'm open and honest with my life and my thoughts, the more I connect with others. In the past year of me really breaking down my walls and becoming more comfortable online, I've had so many people who follow me reach out to me and open up and share so many things about them. And it truly is so special to form these connections. And I mean genuine connections. Like these people don't care about your past relationships or who your friends are or who you were at one point. They don't have anything to gain from that. They just know you from what you've shared and something about that resonated with them enough to reach out to you and share with you. And also meeting these friends through social media and having them support me in what I do has really added to my confidence and reminded me of all the great things I can do and what I'm capable of. Sure, you should always do it for yourself and you shouldn't rely on external validation, but it is comforting to hear from people that you're seen and that was something I feel like I never heard from people in my personal life or people that I went to school with or knew. And then obviously another pro of being a content creator is making money on social media and having the ability to work with brands that you love and make money through brand deals. It's literally still insane to me to this day when I receive a message from a brand that I grew up loving and they want to work with me. Like that feeling for me at least will never get old. And part of it to me when working with brands that I loved as a kid but couldn't afford almost heals my inner child like being seen by a brand that I so desperately wanted to wear or use but I could only afford the knockoff brand or something more affordable it feels rewarding and a proud moment for me being able to have that now and not even just have it but help that brand out um and yeah there's obviously a million other things that I can go on and on about about all the great things about social media and influencing Um, But there's also cons, which I'm sure you're all much more interested in hearing about than the benefits of influencing. So let's get into the juicy stuff. Um, I'm going to try and hit all like the big points, I think. And then, yeah, we'll see where this goes. I think the most obvious thing that influencers struggle with, because even people who aren't influencers struggle with this too, is comparing yourself to others and basing your worth off of others. It's obviously so easy to do this in your everyday life, whether it's with friends, your boyfriend's ex-girlfriends, people you see on the internet, you know the drill. You've been there, we've done that. But I feel like it could be on a different level when social media becomes your job. Because not only are you constantly being shown beautiful, talented, great people, but you're also shown how people treat them in comparison to you. Like the amount of girls that have the ability to go viral and make a living off of lip singing and just being hot is insane to me. And in no way am I shaming them or being hateful towards them. Like go get your bag sis, so proud of you. But when you see that and then you go and do it and you don't get the same attention, you're like, okay, what's wrong with me? Am I fugly? Do I think I'm hotter than I actually am? Am I not pretty? (laughs) Like at one point... I was a dancer on TikTok, which is so funny to look back on because I do not dance on TikTok now, but it was so fun and I'm so proud that I did it because I love to dance. But when I was a dancer on TikTok and my videos would flop or my dances would flop, it was hurtful because in my head, I'm like, I know this is good. And I would think to myself, well, if this creator made the same thing, people would eat it up. 
And it was upsetting to me because I got to a point where I was telling myself the things that I was doing weren't good enough because I wasn't enough. People didn't like me and that was the problem. And that's a really low place to be, but it's also a really easy place to get to. And then on top of that, you have comparing your numbers to others and basing your worth on it. It's discouraging at times when you know you've been working really hard to grow your following and build something for yourself. And then you see someone blow up overnight and get overnight success. And you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck? I literally have been doing this and working at this for two years now. Why does this person do one video and now they have a million followers? And I really struggled with this and I still do. Like part of me feels like I should be much farther ahead than I am for how long I've been doing this. And I know that probably sounds crazy and ungrateful to some of you like, Ash, you literally have this amount of followers and that's not enough. And in no way am I saying it's not. I am so unbelievably grateful and thankful for my following that I do have. But when I see others just starting out or growing at an insane rate, I start to wonder what I might be doing wrong or what I could be doing better. And it's not even always comparing your numbers to others, but just the number game in general. I mentioned this in a previous episode, but when social media becomes your job, how many likes, how many views, and how many followers you have becomes almost like a progress report. You don't have a boss telling you that you're doing a good job or that you're on the right path. When a video does well or you gain a huge amount of followers, that tells you you're doing good and validates people hear you and see you and like what you're putting out there. But then on the flip side, if a video does poorly or you lose followers, it feels like you failed. There's been times where I post a video I'm really proud of, but it does horrendous. And part of me is embarrassed. What if people see that and don't think my content is good anymore? What if people see that and think that I'm not shit? And as stupid and as first world problem as it sounds, and it may be, your content not doing well can affect your mental health. There's been times where I lose hundreds of followers every day and I don't even want to log on to TikTok because it's so frustrating not knowing why they're unfollowing or what I did wrong. I have to check my analytics a lot to show brands um, for potential partnerships and it's hard to look at my analytics sometimes because I don't want to see that my views are low or tanking. I don't want to see how many followers I lost. And then there's times where your content isn't performing well, but your friend's content might be doing great. And you want to be proud of your friend's accomplishments and their progress, but hearing how well they're doing in comparison to you kind of hurts. And it's a weird place to be in where you want to celebrate someone else's accomplishments while also being sensitive to yourself and how you feel. You have to kind of kick your pride aside and not pick apart what you're doing wrong and just be happy for them in that moment. But also when your content is doing well, it feels really good because you're being validated and recognized for your hard work. And it's really hard to not get trapped in these really, really high highs of success in low lows of content not doing well. For example, I could have a week of videos hitting a million and I feel fucking great on top of the world And then the next week, my views plummet and only reach a couple hundred people and I might feel ashamed and unmotivated. And I'm still learning this, but it's important to be aware of how views and followers fluctuate so you don't get so upset when the fall happens. And there's also so many more elements that go into followers and views than just people watching your videos or unfollowing. There's an algorithm 
on every app that also pushes your content and also suppresses your content. There's days where the algorithm really works in my favor and it's pushing my content out and it's doing well. But then there's days where, for whatever reason, my views get capped and they don't reach over a certain amount of views. And it's frustrating because it's out of your control and you have to remind yourself that it has nothing to do with how good or bad your content is. It's all part of the number game. So I got a lot of questions asking me to talk about brand deals. So I want to talk about that really quick and how that works. Obviously, like I said, it's definitely a perk of being an influencer, but there is some cons and kind of some shady shit that happens behind the scenes. So basically, you can reach out to any brand, even if you only have a couple thousand followers. Brands do not really care about how many followers you have. It's mostly about engagement and if they think your page aligns with their brand and if it'll be beneficial to them. Like if you don't have followers who trust you and will buy products because of you, brands tend to pay less or pass on working with you altogether. So when getting brand deals, you can reach out to brands directly or if you have management, they'll do that for you and negotiate everything for you. And then there's also platforms made specifically for creators and they match you with campaigns and you do a certain amount of work for the campaign and get paid based off the campaign's rate or based off your own rates. Here's the tea. So when you are reaching out to brands and negotiating deals with brands, you need to advocate for yourself. Brands love to take advantage of creators. Brands love not to pay creators. I don't know why. This is a thing where people don't pay people for their services, but it's a real thing. And some brands have big fucking balls. They they all reach out to you and they'll be like, hey girly, I would love to collaborate. We'll gift you one t-shirt for um, five TikToks, three Instagram photos, and three Instagram stories. And I don't know if it's because some people agree to this and that's why they think it's reasonable for them to propose a deal like this, but it's insulting. And I have run into terrible, terrible people and brands. A couple months ago, I was going back and forth negotiating a price for a brand deal. And the brand literally wrote back to me after I like set, I sent them my rates. Well, I was just speaking to another content creator and she agreed to $50 and she has 10,000 more followers than you. Like one, that sucks to be her that she doesn't know her worth. And two, That is so unprofessional to be discussing what you pay others and also like just shitting on a potential client of yours and how many followers they have. But (laughs) yeah, brands will lowball the hell out of you and you either have to really push for yourself if you believe you're worth what you think you're worth or settle for their rate if you really love the brand and it's something you would use or wear without that brand deal. Also, I don't know if I would consider this shady. It's just a not so good feeling. But brands will prioritize bigger creators over smaller creators any day. I work with a brand and they send me a lot of things like small pieces one at a time. But obviously everything adds up and I'm super grateful for them. But I see them sending huge PR packages to bigger creators. And the thing is... They expect smaller creators to do a shit ton of work for them, and not even just this brand, but brands in general. And then they gift away these luxurious PR packages to huge creators and don't ask them to post anything. It's like the same energy as when restaurants or coffee shops give celebrities free things. Like, they don't need it. They have money. They do it because they're celebrities. Like, this person could literally buy everyone in the coffee shop 
free coffee, but you're going to give them free coffee when they're the last person who needs it. But anyways, this brand that I work with, when I first started working with them, they had me fill out this sheet and write down some people to refer, like people I know that would like to be a part of their program. And I wrote down one of my friends who has a much larger following than me, and they ended up sending them a much nicer PR package than I've ever received from them, ever. And it's not my friend's fault, but like, it was shitty to see. Like, okay, I see how it is, okay. But yeah, some brands will use and abuse you as they wish and dispose of you if you actually stand up for yourself and ask for what you deserve because it's a revolving door to them. There's so many influencers now and there's going to be ones who accept what they're offering. Which leads me into my last bit of cons with influencing and that is being taken advantage of by friends or creators, you know, snakes in the industry. So I first want to say that anyone listening to my podcast or anyone with genuine intention of just caring about me, loving my content, connecting with my content, this is not directed at you at all. This is about certain people and those people will know just by their intentions alone. When I first started influencing or trying to be a content creator, I did not have support from many people. I would hear people from my hometown making fun of me. There were people who straight up told friends of mine that they would binge watch my videos just to make fun of me. And it was hard at first, clearly not too hard because I got through it without giving up, but it definitely was uncomfortable. But the second that people started realizing that I wasn't just for shits and giggles and I was working towards something and building something, a switch flipped. People who did not like me, who did not support me, who just did not care for me for many years started reaching out to congratulate me and were sliding in my DMs and you can tell when someone is being genuine and when they are not and it was very clear that some people had ulterior motives and I wanted to include that because if you are considering doing this and you do have success doing it, this will probably happen to you and it's important to recognize when people are being genuine and when they're not and when they're using you and when they're not. And the next thing I'm going to talk about, I haven't really had a huge issue with because I'm not huge on social media, but when you do become somebody that's well known, people social climb like a fucking spider monkey trying to get to the top of a tree. I went to LA last year to meet two of my good friends and along with doing that i met people who they knew and had been in the industry it was just so clear that there are people out there who do not care about real friendships or relationships they are friends with people for the sole purpose of growing they treat hanging out as a transactional purpose if i hang out with you then we need to make this video and then not even that they're picky about who is in their video and photos because it's all about who knows who and how the content is going to perform When I was out in LA, we actually went to one of the big content houses because my friends who I was out in LA with were creating with other creators. And while they were collaborating, I was talking with one person who lived at the house and they were saying how they've invited people over to collaborate and once that person has gotten there, shit will switch up and they won't even want to collaborate with them. They'll want to collaborate with someone else who's there when they're like, wait a minute, I this is my house and I invited you here. And the fact that they wouldn't feel good enough or big enough at times in their own space is insane to me. And while we were out in LA, we were talking to one of their friends. He was a super nice guy. Like we still follow each other on Instagram, but he was saying how for the most part, a lot of big creators, like, I don't know if you know them, but Anna Banana 
and Emma McAllister. They're big on TikTok. Um, I know Emma is close with another big creator, Olivia Ponton. Anyways, he was saying, despite them being huge, they're so down to earth and so fun, whereas people who aren't big and are trying to grow commonly end up being rude and snobby, trying to overcompensate and put on this I'm better than you attitude, which I definitely see coming from some people. And there was this one person we met when we were out there and they were nice and everything, but I remember in like the first hour of us meeting, them bad talking people and then like shitting on Charlie D'Amelio and saying she's like the most awkward person they've ever met and kind of talking not so nicely about Addison Rae. And it was just weird. It was a weird vibe. I couldn't tell if they were just like, like he said, overcompensating and trying to sound more important than they are and like nonchalantly saying, oh, I've met Charlie and Addison. But I don't know. Some people on social media don't have the greatest intentions and some are so clear to see and some are going to hit you where it hurts. I don't want to close this episode off on the not so great parts of influencing. I want to close it off with some reminders to anyone who is considering going into this and wanting to pursue it. Also, for anyone who might think that doing social media is easy, like maybe hearing this will give you a new perspective on it and a new respect for it. Being a content creator is not easy. I don't want to say that it's harder than a nine to five because if that were the case, I would be back doing my old job. I think mentally a nine to five that you hate can be much harder. Having to go by someone else's hours and rules, it's much harder. And the work that you do at a conventional job can be much harder. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say social media is harder than being in healthcare or being a teacher or anything like that because it's just not. But being a content creator is much more than just posting pretty pictures and videos. Although you do get to decide your schedule and hours, if you want to be successful and consistent and make it work, you could be working anywhere from 8 a.m. to midnight, depending on your workload. If you have shit to get done, you don't always get weekends off. You are constantly looking for inspiration and finding ways to make content, even when you're supposed to be out with loved ones, on vacation, having time off. You trade working a set nine to five for a full-time every day, every hour work schedule. And I am in no way complaining about that because one, I love it. And two, I was doing it on the side of doing the other job that I had, but I just hated the job. I just say this as a reminder that although you are in control of your hours, if you are serious about it, it may be more than an eight hour job a day. And most days it is. If you want to be consistent with posting on a single platform, you need to batch content. It will be impossible for you to post on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, a podcast, on your site, whatever platforms you're using every day without batching content. Batching content just means creating multiple forms of content in one day to post over a span of multiple days or weeks. So if I'm planning to post on Instagram for a week, I will mark off a day where I shoot four different types of photos and outfits so I have content to post for the next week. I work for a social media agency and I need to produce 10 videos a week for them. So I will dedicate a day to create and edit all of those videos for them to send out and have done for the next week. Batching content helps when you are busy a day because you need to edit a YouTube video that's going to take 10 hours a day for the next two days. It just helps you schedule everything and not be so overwhelmed with posting every day. And also on top of being consistent, social media is always changing. Features are always being added. Trends are always coming and going. If you want to stay on top of things, you need to be using all the features, following viral sounds, topics, adapting to what's new, and that's a challenge in itself. It's a lot, especially if influencing isn't your only thing that's going on with your social media. For example, I do content creation for TikTok. For Instagram, I have this podcast. I work for a social media agency. I create UGC content for brands on the side. 
I'm doing YouTube now. I have plans to do more things and will bring in more income. So you've got to think when you choose to do social media as a job, you're not just doing one thing. You don't just have one job position. You're doing all the positions. Social media has you bent over backwards doing doggy style and you can let it fuck you up the ass and drown in it. Or like Miss Delusional Kim K said, you've got to work. No one wants to work. The last thing and a really important thing that I want to add is burnout is real. When you are a content creator, there's this weird agonizing feeling to always be posting. It's important to be consistent, like I said, but sometimes you overdo it. And the idea of having to post once a day, multiple times a day on a different platform is exhausting and sometimes not realistic, especially if content creation isn't your only job. Content creators feel this pressure because one, we're constantly being told by social media managers and agencies that if you want to grow, you need to post two to three times a day. And two, we have this idea in our heads, if we don't post consistently, people won't care about us. But then on the flip side of that, we're in our heads about posting too much because we don't want to annoy our followers. We don't want to come off as cringy. And sometimes when you post a lot, you lose quality just for that quantity. And you end up hating your work and the creative aspect that you were originally doing social media for flies out the window. When you are making your own schedule and only going off your rules and your hours, it gets stressful because you feel like you're not doing enough and end up burning yourself out. So if you are a content creator listening to this or you want to be, this is just a reminder to be gentle and sensitive to you and your mental health. It's okay to take breaks, and I'm saying this to myself too. When I don't post one day on TikTok or I'm three days off Instagram, I feel like I've lost so much opportunity to grow, and I'm so unbelievably hard on myself about it. If you exhaust yourself every day doing this and do not give yourself a break, you're going to lose the joy that once was so exciting for you, and you're going to feel like shit. This is kind of a weird episode to end off with an assignment on, but I think because I just talked about burnout, this will apply to anyone, not just people who do social media or want to do social media. One way that I avoid burnout every day and it gives me a break at the end of each day and reminds me to slow down is every morning I write out three tasks that I want to get done and that push me in the direction of my goals and align me with my future plan or manifestation, whatever you want to call it. And once I cross off all three things, I can allow myself to do whatever it is I want to do for the rest of the day or night. I feel accomplished. I feel satisfied. I don't feel like a failure. So I want you to do this once a day, every day for at least a week and let me know how it helps you. So for me, a normal list would look like one, record a podcast episode, two, send videos to the agency I work for, three, create content for a specific brand. And even if I have more tasks than that, that I feel like need to get done, I know I can do those tomorrow. I don't have to rush to get everything done in one day. And this can apply to the smallest things. Your list can be one, wash the dishes, two, stretch, three, organize my planner for the week. Just three things that you feel like will make you feel accomplished, less stressed, and allow you to get shit done and give yourself a break. So do that for a week, every day for a week. Let me know how it goes, if it helps you. I hope today's episode gave some clarity on the behind the scenes of social media. There's so much, so it is hard to fit everything into one episode. I feel like I've been talking for fucking three hours. Um, This is definitely the longest episode I think I've recorded. Um, But if you have any more questions, please just like DM me on the podcast Instagram or on my main Instagram at Ashley Corbo. Um, Follow my TikTok at LittleBabyAries. And if you can, please rate this podcast five stars on whichever platform you listen to it on it really does help me and i appreciate it so much um 
thank you so so much for listening today and i will talk to you next week i love you besties